gave the word and great was the company of them that published it so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. now lend me your ear and let's go inside of know your bible and hear God's life changing word welcome to know your bible Surely they shall not see the land which I swore to give unto them unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went and his seed shall possess it. Very simple subject. Let us do what Caleb did. Let us do what Caleb did. What did Caleb do? Caleb did not doubt God on his forward journey. Caleb trusted God against all odds. We need to do what Caleb did. The Bible tells us in Romans 15 and 4 that the things that happen unto Israel happen unto them for our learning. So God expect us to get into his word and to go back here a little and there a little Old and New Testament so that we can make some resolutions and some resolves in our lifetime. Because the same God that was back there is the same God up here. Same God back then, same God right now. As you well know, Israel had been in Egyptian bondage for 400 years down in Egypt. And the Lord had already said to Abraham in the 15th chapter of the book of Genesis, he said, now your seed is going to be in a strange land, a land that is not theirs. And they're going to suffer abuse and hard affliction. But God says, I'm going to bring them out. And I'm going to bring them out, and they're going to come out with great substance. And when we look back on Israel in the hand of God, who literally brought them out, and the Bible says in another place, on eagle's wings. He sent a limousine to pick them up. And he brought them out after 400 years of servitude, hard bondage under Pharaoh's hands. 
Now you would think that anybody that's been deprived of the things of life for 400 years, not that those people lived 400 years, but their ancestry ran back 400 years. And remember that God is the God of promise. And if God promises something, he may not come when we want him to, but he's going to be on time. That's why the word tells us then that in our patience, we should possess our soul while we're waiting on God to manifest his hand. So Israel had been delivered by the hand of the Lord, by the hand of Moses and Aaron, whom the Lord sent back down there. And see, God is a powerful God because it was 400 years to the very date that he brought them out. So I think we can trust somebody who can live long enough to keep their word 400 years after. And that same God is in you if you are born again. That's why we shouldn't be struggling. We need to take God at his word and move out on that word knowing that his word cannot fail. So he brought them out from there. Now, had Israel continued on following Moses, following Aaron, they would have reached the promised land, which was the land of Canaan. They would have reached the promised land in 11 days. But because they did not believe, It took them 40 years because of their disbelief and failure to trust God for their forward progress. Is that you tonight? See, the devil does not have a problem causing us to walk by our five senses. And see, that's a problem. Because God doesn't dwell in our five senses, we do. We have the mind of Christ, which is a whole other setup. But anyway... They refused to believe God for their forward progress, and therefore, it took them an additional 40 years. Now, where we are in what I just read, we're in a place called Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea was a place that they had come to in the wilderness under Moses' leadership. In the 13th chapter, let's get this part started. In the 13th chapter, of the book of Numbers. Verses 1 through 3. You'll find these words. And the Lord spoke unto Moses. Saying send thou men. That they may search the land of Canaan. Which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers. Shall you send a man. Every one a ruler among them. And Moses by the commandment of the Lord. Sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Now to drop down to verse 6 of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. So we see then that Caleb came out of the tribe of Judah. And you know, Judah, when they set the tabernacle up in the wilderness, all these 12 tribes had positions around the tabernacle in the wilderness where God was a cloud by day and fire by night. But Judah was in the main gate going into the tabernacle in the wilderness, going into that courtyard. So God is telling us something right here. If we're going to, if we're going to do what Caleb did, and Judah means praise. 
Now, I know you got sense enough to add one plus one. Because praise, we ought to be able to say like the hymn I just put, is what I do. When I want to get close to you. I, I'm, I'm concerned that a lot of us only see God or try to see him at a building. And he's with us every day. You got to learn, we've got to learn how to turn our praise loose. We got to come off of these circular radio stations. We got to get on our own radio station or one like it, which you, it may be one like it, but that certainly is not one better. It's time for the saints to come on out of Egypt. And that's where we find ourselves here tonight. Israel has been delivered after 400 years by the hand of God and brought out of Egypt. Now, God tells Moses, I don't have a problem with you choosing one great man from each tribe. So that's going to give us 12 men. And I want them to go into the land. Now pause right there. See, because some people don't understand real love. And by that I mean God got upset because God is love. And real love wants people that it love to have what they want them to have. God's love is not fickle. The very nature of God is that God is love. And don't, don't, don't take this. I mean, you know, God also is a God of war. And God is a God of peace. So in his love for Israel, he wanted them to have the very best. Now when you've been down so long and, and all your folk you know have been in bondage and you are the generation that the Lord is going to bring out, you would have thought that they would have run down there one day. Huh? So the Lord in essence said, I'm going to let you see what I got for you. And so therefore, the Lord gave the instruction for Moses to send them into the land of Canaan, black folk land. Canaan was the son of Cush. He came out of Ham. So the land of Canaan was a beautiful place. And God allowed them and the Malachites and other folk to be carekeepers or caretakers in that land, but he had promised it to Israel. Now, God didn't promise me, I don't know about you, maybe you found it in the Bible. He didn't promise me no land, he gave me the man. Uh, and see, when you got the man who made the land, you got everything you need. So, in Numbers 13, and taken up at verse 17, and Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, get you up this day, get you up this way, into the Negev, or the south. And go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is. And the people who dwell therein, whether they are strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it is good or bad. And what cities they are that they dwell in, whether in camps or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it is fat. Or lean, whether there is wood therein or not. And be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up 
and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came into Hebron, where Ahiman and Shishaiah and Talmai, the children of Anak, were. Now the children of Anak were the giants in the land. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Verse 23, And they came into the brook of Eshcol, and cut down from there a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bore it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshcol, because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from there. And they returned from such and of the land after 40 days. Now, a lot of us have heard of the miracles of God. How the Lord stepped in and healed somebody. Maybe I got a living witness right in here. The Lord stepped right in and healed you. And how the Lord took our meager means and paid house notes and and, 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 and did some stuff by pulling fish out of fish and bread out. We've seen the miracles. Now what's so ridiculous about the children of Israel is that they followed the instructions of Moses. That was good. But here they are in a place called Kadesh Barnet, and now they're bringing back pomegranates and figs. But the most miracle part is what the miracle grow had done to them grapes. Those grapes were so huge until it took one man in the front and one man in the rear and the grapes in between and they were carrying these grapes on a staff. And they had been in that land for 40 days. So when they brought it back into the land, their testimony contradicted the evidence. Now, now is your testimony contradicting the evidence? See, because we live in a time right now, people just won't give God the praise and leave it alone. They want to talk about, yeah, God did, did this, but I need that. Wait a minute. We ought to take time at least and rejoice in all the good that the Lord has brought upon our lives. Amen. Now, on the ballot, November 6, 2018, is Amendment 2. Amendment 2 has to do with the 10-2 rule. The 10-2 rule means that as I speak, it is legal right now for 10 people to send somebody up on a murder conviction for the rest of their lives while it's a 12-man jury. So to vote for Amendment 2, I voted yes for it. I encourage you to do the same. Because what it does is that no longer can you send somebody up the river for life just on 10 votes and you got a 12-man jury. So vote for the 10-2 amendment. It is Amendment number 2 on your ballot. And that guarantees that 10 folk cannot send somebody up the river without having a unanimous 12 count. You got that? But see, I need to tell you something, may I? We right now back yonder with the 10 too. Huh? See, the 10 came out, 12 went over. I ain't got no help in here. 12 went over. Twelve came back. Ten came back with an evil report. Two came back with the minority report. 
The 10 said, in, 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 in light of these big old grapes, probably bigger than your head or your neighbor's head, because we got different sized heads in here. But they're looking at the grapes. Now, now you would imagine they've been in Egypt, their families have, for 400 years. They have been set free. So they send the 12 spies, they come back with the grapes. The 10 spies says we're not able. They got the grapes. You would imagine everybody standing there, first of all, that had never seen grapes that big. Secondly, they were out without probation. They were totally set free. They had the evidence in front of them that the land did exist. We've heard people come back and say, you know, the Lord healed me. You know, if it wasn't for him, I would have died on the table. But the Lord came through for me, and the Lord did this for me. And we hear people saying that, and if you're not careful, you'll sit in the pews and wonder, would he ever do it for me? We see the evidence. We hear the people. Why don't you believe it? And that's what's keeping a lot of people in the wilderness away from the promises of God. And then not only that, life is filled with so much stuff until if you don't send Judah first, you probably ain't going to have no breakthrough. You can't praise God because you got money in your hand finally. Then you're going to show him that one tooth in the front. You got to show him that one tooth when you ain't got nothing in your hand. Can I get a witness up in here? When you don't see nothing, Amen. You got to believe God that your forward movement is ordained by the Lord because the steps of a good man and woman are ordered by the Lord. That's a military thing. So here they are in the wilderness and they choose to believe the 10 spies who came back with the negative report rather than to believe the minority report. So this message is we need to do what Caleb did. We need to put all the naysayers on notice that I'm not believing you anymore and I don't need you on my phone texting me, telling me what God can't do. I don't need for you trying to send me in another direction. I've been down too long. I've been down so long until down, look up, and I'm getting up on my feet. And if God never comes through for me, I'm still going to testify that he's still able. Can't get a witness in here. See, so we have to understand that, that your future and for your family and for yourself and for generations to come is going to depend on how you handle God's word right here, right now. I wouldn't take none of my time and come to church sitting up here, but this and but that and well, this and that, and it's how he said it. Grow up. You don't always sound right to other people. So don't come judging me. Just hear what's being said because it's written. So here they are. They got the grapes. They got the evidence. But then their testimony is contradicting the evidence. Any good attorney would jump on that in a heartbeat. Any prosecutor, it has to line. Listen, the information has to line up with, amen. I don't think information is the right word, but the evidence, that's what I'm looking for. The evidence has to line up to make sure that the wrong person doesn't get convicted. 
So how can you, having been denied all of this fruit and all everything else over there, flowing with milk and honey, they didn't bring the milk back, they didn't bring the honey back, but they brought the evidence back that, listen, this is one cluster. Think about what we can have, and it's all over there. And God has given us the evidence, and there it is right there. And here they go, we can't do it. We, we can't, we're not able to. Stay with me right quick. All right. In Numbers 13 chapter and verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They got a picture show. Showed them the fruit of the land. Can you imagine they coming all the way back out of Canaan, all the way back out of the promised land, all the way over yonder into the wilderness, into the desert, carrying those grapes. And when they got there, they told the folk, you see the grapes, but we ain't able to go live over there. It's contradicting what God is saying. When your paycheck is short, but yet all your bills getting paid. I ain't got no help in you. You ought to, you, 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 you've seen his miracles. You, you've seen his hand. And, and, and why is it that we don't believe? Maybe, maybe it's a day we don't feel like believing. You should never have those kind of days. I know we all have them. But you got the evidence that he did it before. If he did it before, he'll do it again. So they're coming back into the wilderness to talk to these people. In the wilderness, where no Burger King, no Kentucky Fried, they're in the wilderness. And they choose to not believe what they see. Oh, man, this is bad. But you think this is bad? Let's read on. It gets worse. They showed them the fruit of the land, verse 27. And they told him and said, We came unto the land to which thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless. See, it's that, it's, 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 it's that but thing. It's that nevertheless thing. We, we, have you ever heard somebody give you a good compliment? Girl, I like them shoes. But that dress, I don't know about it. Now, you didn't have to go that far. Matter of fact, you didn't have to say anything about the shoes. So we keep shooting ourselves in the feet. We look and see what God has done for other people. We hear their testimony, and then we wonder, would he do it for me? Why would he not do it for you? Because you ain't got no faith. You're looking at what you don't have instead of looking at what he has. Are you doing that this evening? See, because, listen, you have to get to that place in God where you say, look, Lord, I don't have to see nothing. I believe you for everything. And those words have to flow out of your mouth. If we're going to do what Caleb did, you have to scratch what you see and speak what you believe. That's what you have to do. That's what you must do. Because God will take those words and turn those words into energy. And reverse it and make those words that come out of your mouth be a blessing to you. Because death and life 
or in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we don't have the luxury of just sitting up talking crazy. So when it starts looking real bad, start talking up. We need to understand that Caleb came out of the tribe of Judah. One thing about it, if Caleb didn't know nothing else, he knew faith and he knew praise. Baby, it's that praise that brings God on the scene. It's that praise that allows us to build God a house. It's that constant praise. See, I'm forgetting about my indebtedness. I'm forgetting about my enemies. I'm forgetting about all that. I'm, I'm focusing on him because if I give him the praise that come out of my heart, that come out of my lips continually, giving him praise, then that means that I may understand what's going on around me, but I'm not affected by that because I'm worshiping God, I'm praising God, and I believe in him for bigger and better things. Are you here? God knew that your body would be attacked. God knew that you would be lying on. God knew all this stuff. And he said, listen, I don't need for you to focus on that. I need for you to focus on me. All of those years, and here they are, with the grapes in front of them. The brothers probably got tired of holding the grapes on exhibition. While the ten giving the report. We're going to see the report in just a minute. Because some of us are in here. Some of us are in these ten. I'm, you know, some of y'all in this ten. <laughs> I got a divorce. <laughs> okay, now watch this. Verse 27 again. And they told him and said, we came unto the land to which thou sentest us. You sent us over there, Moses. And surely it flowed with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Contradicting. Contradicting. The evidence. Not letting the evidence speak for itself. Nevertheless, verse 28. The people are strong. Now here we go. The people are strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. Now these are the children of the giants. Anak is a family of giants. No less than nine to ten foot tall. We saw the children of Anak there. Verse 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the edge of the Jordan. Now, now you got to remind yourself of this. All of the ites in the Bible are black people. You got that? The Canaanites, the Jebusites, all of the ites, the Hittites. You remember you ride a Hittite? He was black. Okay? All your ites are black people that came from the land of Ham. Okay, hold on. I don't care who like it, it's in the Bible. And I'm not running for public office. Now watch this. So they knew everybody in the hood and where their houses were. They saw the, the walls around the city. They surveyed the property. But unlike Caleb, they didn't have no faith or confidence in God that all this could be there. If the price is right. That's what God. Listen. If we only knew. What the Lord want us to have. Tonight. 
we would not be all bogged down in doubt and disbelief and saying all this other stuff that we should not even be saying because we're no longer of that kingdom. We're in this kingdom. And this kingdom operates strictly on faith, on what we believe. So they got all turned around listening to the wrong people. And I need to ask you a question tonight. Who are you listening to and you know they're wrong? But you see, if our heart ain't right, we want somebody to agree with us and we know we ain't right. So all of life is a hard matter. And it's bad when you know somebody's counseling you and they're giving you the wrong counsel and you're just willing to take it. And now you turn from the holy folk that the Lord done put in your life. You don't even talk to them because they know you've gone off again. You're probably out there drinking again. You're probably running a woman and you want. You're going through all those other changes out there. Why? Because when people get ready to do wrong, they don't want to hear what's right. Huh? They got the grapes. <laughs> there they are. No. We want to go back in Egypt. Matter of fact, we need to get us a captain. We need a fool to lead us back. Men are led by the Spirit of God. That's what, that's what Caleb was. We need to do what Caleb did. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Now watch this. Are you still here? Okay. In verse 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. Now, all of a sudden, the focus is on what folk can do to us and what folk cannot do to us. And we as a race of people have fallen into that rut and some of us are still there. Listen, if God be for us, who then can be against us and be successful? Before this building was ever put up, I drew it out on a piece of paper. I ain't had nobody say, yeah, pastor, you know, yeah, we can do that. But eventually the congregation did, and that's why we moved so far so fast. I don't listen to naysayers. When God puts something in my heart, whether you see it or not, I would like for you to see it as it relates to the congregation. But if you don't see it, I'm already gone. You must not allow people to sit there and counsel you in unbelief. If you know the voice of God and God has spoken this to you, and you can't find nobody to agree with you, and if two of you shall agree on anything... Let the word agree with you. Because God has a purpose and a plan for your whole life and for your family. And that is, listen, he does not expect us to be guardians of the ghetto. Now, can't no white man stop you. Can't no black man stop you. It's you stopping you because you're listening to too many voices. Caleb said, shut up. Let's go up. Shut up. Let's go up at once. We are well able to do this. Come on, congregation. We can do this. Nah. Nah. Oh, that's bishop. Nah. I ain't going. If you don't go, you're going to be left in the wilderness where scorpions are. Where drought is, where you have no might, you have no strength, and you have no hope. God does not expect us to stay where he found us. Even a writer 
of Deuteronomy said, he brought us out from there to bring us in. I, I let him bring me in. And that's why I'm prosperous. And I have no apologies for it. None. Nobody ought to apologize for the blessings of the Lord that make it rich and he had no sorrow with it. And what I've noticed, my enemies out there can say all that stuff. I don't care. As long as my faith in God is intact, I don't give a flip what anybody says. Because God got enough for everybody. Now, if you don't want your part, don't bother me because I got mine. Abraham was very rich and God never told him to go poor. Philemon was very rich. Paul never told him to get rid of his riches. Zacchaeus was rich. God ain't got no problem with us being rich and blessed and happy. He didn't give us the land, but he gave us the man that made the land. So what's the problem? Still with me? Okay. Where do I be? Verse 31. But the men that went up with Caleb said, we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, who come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. What were they saying? We can't do this. God missed it. He couldn't mean for us to go over there. But notice, self-analysis with no faith is disaster. A lot of times people cry about white instructors at white schools and all the rest of this stuff. Let me tell you something about that because I had a long time to think about it. He brought them out to bring them in. And we already know what time it is. If faith in your heart and good study habits and you're going to have to be ten times smarter, go get it. Knowing what you're up against, but you don't do like Israel did. We saw the giants there. <laughs> and we're not able what do you mean you're not able? In the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. We have to build in our children a confidence. Amen. We have to build in our grandchildren a confidence. And we don't lie to them. they black children. And they're going to be challenged because of that. Amen. They need faith in God to move forward. Amen. And even with that, even with that, the challenge remains. But God knows what we're up against. Israel knew what they were up against. But you know where they missed it? They put their circumstances above God's word. And they said, we, we, we can't do this. There is nothing on this planet worse than to see a Christian filled with failure. They say, we saw the giants. And then they say, when they looked at us, we know what they were looking at. They saw us as grasshoppers. How are you going to self-analyze yourself and you, 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 you a grasshopper? They saw the giants. Ellis, you ain't nothing big. Go, if that's where you want to go to school, go on over there and finish. 
we got too many giants that we're afraid of. And when God sends somebody that's not afraid of the giants, all the little people get together and try to mess up Darby O'Gill. You don't know about that? Darby O'Gill and little people. All these little people that have no faith will sink your ship. We must be guided by a higher order. So what happened? They saw the giants. They saw themselves as grasshoppers, self-analyzed. But they didn't see God. And that's what messed them up. If I say I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, then I mean that. So ain't no need of me working myself all up. I have to wait until the trial comes to me. And when the trial comes to me, I have to speak to it. And if I'm going to move forward in what I'm believing God for, wherever my blessings are, as men as are led by the, by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So then if I let the Lord lead me, I'm going to end up right where I'm supposed to be. And sometimes when we get to that place and we look to the left and we look to the right, and it looked like we missed God because the devil going to show, show up and say, you missed the Lord right here. What does he concern? What's his concern if we missed the Lord? He love it. But sometimes when we obey God, we forget that scripture that says that we have need of patience. See, if you stand long enough, the Lord will raise up somebody to come and stand by you. He'll do it. But in the meantime, our faith in God is what brings our promotion. Yeah. Your faith in God is what's going to bring your promotion. It does not matter what them folks are saying. See, all them people out there, they had the desert blues. They were singing that same old song. Oh, we can't do nothing even with the laws. They, they just had that desert blues. But it was one brother there that was singing a cappella. Oh, let's go up at once. We're well able. <laughs> and then they, they say, what's wrong with him? He didn't hear the evil report? Listen, don't let the evil report get in your head. Don't serve no wine before it's time. Sometimes you have to shut your mouth until you get the manifested blessing. Because if you let it out too early in the midst of folk that have no faith, they'll destroy yours. That's just the way it is. All right. All right. Now moving right along. Okay. So they brought up, verse 32, they brought up an evil report. I've already gone through that, but let me read it again. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched. They already been there. Until the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. We ain't never seen nothing that big and beautiful. It's so big until the people look so small. The trees are so large. All the vegetation over there is just so beautiful. It's houses over there we didn't build. It's vineyards over there. We even saw a two-hump camel in one driveway. God had laid all that out for them. You call it reparation. You call it blessings. As long as you feel as though you are unworthy of anything that the Lord has, you're never going to get the blessing. But then this is the tricky part. You must not think yourself worthy anyway. Mm -hmm. 
I know that may sound confusing, but here we go. He's worthy. And if God is on your side, everybody else is defeated. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. Now, Houston, we've got a problem. Tell your neighbor, watch your mouth. Numbers 14, verses 1 through 1 through 5. Listen to this. If you don't get anything else here this evening, get this. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. Why? Didn't nothing stop them but them not believing? Now all of them crying. All of them lifted up their voice and wept that night. Verse 2. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would God we had died in this wilderness. Now them folk, the only thing they need to do is change their mind. And do what Caleb is doing. But now here they are speaking of death sentence on their life. Would to God we had died. In Egypt. Like it was so wonderful in them slave huts. Like it was so great under the taskmaster's will. Those folk, listen, this is terrible. They would rather have died in Egypt than to believe God in the wilderness and go into Canaan. You and I and we and us are responsible for our belief system. We are responsible for our forward progress. God would take us places we've never gone, introduce us to people we've never met, and do things for us that have never entered into our heart and mind. You and I are in this same family of believers, but we cannot tolerate forever sitting by unbelievers. Because unbelief seemed to be more popular than belief. Yeah. Now they're wishing that they had died in Egypt. They're just a few days out. I mean, come on. Can you change your mind and do like Caleb? Just believe God? I'm concerned for some of you in here that keep facing the same situations. If it's not the same, it looked the same. The results end up being the same. So let me suggest this to you. I'm trying to build you up right quick. Why don't you just go ahead and believe God? Why don't you just go ahead and believe God? Because it's costing you more by not believing. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again and got born again by that, we need to believe this word is true too. Now I believe it. I, I would like to believe it for you, but I can't. Every man will have to give an account of himself to the Lord. So instead of them believing... They talking death on themselves. Would we have died in Egypt? Would we have died in this wilderness? In other words, we ain't willing to go no further than this, Moses. And then not only that, they blaming Moses and Aaron. That's bad when you blame the preacher. And you the one spending the time. Huh? And you the one that don't come back to night church. Differences of administration, but the same Lord. Let me ask you a question. Why 
Why don't you come back tonight, church? It's in the Bible. See, we want God as a part-time lover. I love you when I get round to it. Now, I've given you a message on Sunday morning. Don't ask me for nothing else because I'm not willing to give it. And this is what causing a lot of God's people to be stagnant. You remember when your heart was on fire and you didn't miss church? And even if you were going out of town, you made it back for Sunday? You don't do that anymore. Your love for God has grown cold. And what's so sad about it, you don't even know it. I'm here. I see it. <laughs> you don't even know that your whole heart has moved. But God does. See, there are differences of administration. And anytime a person is connected to a local church, and that's where the heart of God is, he'll visit an arena every now and then. And people burning all that money going to arenas, that's fine. But God is at the local church, church at Corinth, church at Ephesus, church at Colossae. That's who he put the pastors over, these local churches. Now, you don't even give God a full measure anymore. Any little thing causes you to not come back to night church. You say, well, what's the big deal? I tell you what the big deal is. God put night church at Greenwood Acres. Now, all of a sudden, you want to ride around the city at night and see how many churches open, about two or three. You burning gas going to see what church opened at night instead of being at your own church. Hold your finger right here. See, because your love is, your love is wax cold. You now put the football game in front of God, night church. You've now put your family in front of God instead of the night church. The night church is the second mile in extra measure. And then God says, even when you come before me and you don't feel like singing, then give me the sacrifice of praise. Listen, this is a lifetime journey. We've been called to follow Christ for a lifetime. I don't understand how some of y'all can be at church at night, at home at night, instead of being at church at night. And you have convinced yourself that you're in the right place. You're not. You're out of place. Now, if the church down the street doesn't have night church, that's what the God, that's what, maybe that's what the Lord told the pastor down there. I don't know, but I know what he told me. Now, if nobody show up, me and my house, we're going to be here. Because we, 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 listen, some of you, if you're not careful, have put your commitment to Christ on the basis of what you want to do. Your heart and turn against God, and you don't even know it. That's not condemning, that's corrective. Hold your finger right here. I got a few more things to say to you. But I want you to go to Psalms number 134. I sent this out one time as a heart to heart. I didn't get no response, but I know that I, by the grace of God, I hit, a, hit a home run. I ain't getting no feedback. A lot of times when you don't get feedback, you hit a home run. That's right, Brother Path. Psalms 134. There are differences of administration. Greenwood Acres is a different place. That's why a lot of times people that are no longer live here are, are out there in Atlanta trying to find us. We're right here. This is the only place we're here. 
And you have an opportunity to grow in the things of the Lord every time we come together and you don't come to it. You cannot put God on your schedule because he's going to be cut out. That's just the way it works because flesh ain't giving up until it runs everything. All right. Are you in Psalms number 134? God put this in three verses. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Let's read it together. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth, bless thee out of Zion. That's where you get your extra blessings. By extra sacrifice. And notice what it says in verse 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Not on your cell phone. God ain't never told us to have church on cell phone. When we are coming together, we're supposed to come together. Enough said about that. Enough said. Enough said. So night church is not my idea. It's what God put here. And it's for the safety and security of our own lives. And that's where a lot of people get in trouble. They're not where they're supposed to be. All right. Okay. You can act like I'm all out there by myself, but I'm telling you, the sad thing about it is just like, it's just like the priest Eli. It's just like our brother Samson. Samson jumped up. E- Eli, he knew the voice of God, but he had some sons he was no longer correcting, Hophni and Phinehas. And Samson burned all his energy saving himself. He wasn't no good to the nation of Israel. In his death, he killed a thousand men to protect Samson, who had a haircut from from hell. God doesn't expect us to burn all this energy saving ourselves from his presence. That ain't the way this works. So here's the point. The point is that we belong to the Lord and we belong to one another. Now the blood that runs through my hand also runs through my heart. Also runs through my footsies. We're members one of another. When you're not here, we're not whole. It's just that simple. Our presence in the sanctuary is to provoke one another to love and also to build one another up. that's, That's why we're members of one body. Now, if I was passing somewhere else and the Lord didn't tell me to do night church, I'm not here to try to make you come. I'm here to lay out to you that your heart has turned away from God and you don't even know it. And that's sad. And Jesus in the book of Revelation says, you need to come back to your first love. That was a time where nobody going to stop you from Sunday school, where nobody going to stop you from church. But you've gotten with the wrong people, and those wrong people could be your wrong thoughts. So God is calling us back. Come back. Renew your commitment. Do what you know you're supposed to do. Because difficult days are ahead. I know that's not popular. But you just look at the landscape. Look at who we listen to. Who y'all listen to. It's bad. And we out here with all this stuff. But our faith in God 
is going to carry us through this. Amen. That's the only thing we got that's as powerful enough to change our circumstances. Amen. It's time for the church to come back to our first love. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let me conclude like this. Going back to the book of Numbers, I'm going to be very, I've laid this before you, and I'm going to show you something because I'm headed somewhere. I'm headed somewhere. Don't put your family before the Lord. Lord ain't told you to do that. Jesus said, you put your wife or your children before me, you ain't worthy of me. And see, when I say that, people want to get mad at me. Who do you think he is? I ain't thinking. I know who I am. I'm telling you what the Lord said. You got seven days to spend with your family. Matter of fact, bring your family to church with you. You ever thought about that? Well, you didn't believe that. Junior got a test Monday morning. Is that right? Well, why Junior up on Xbox to 1 o'clock a.m.? Four day Monday morning. You think Junior at home sleep and eating some Cheerios to get some rest for a test? No. Junior is doing what Junior always does. We use our. See, Israel told God, you know, they told God in essence, you don't care about our kids. That's what they told the Lord. The Lord said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to answer it like this. Every one of y'all, from 20 years old and up, going to die in this wilderness. And oh yeah, by the way, the children you say I don't care about, they going in. But they ain't going in with Moses, they going in with Joshua. See, now we're facing this so-called millennial generation. And the millennials want to do church on, on phone. They want to sit there and send the church an offering, if they do that, on the phone. This is a generation that did not know Joseph. This is a generation that does not know the Lord and don't seem like they're trying to get to know him because everything is technical and it's on the cell phone. God said, I didn't call you to that. You notice in Psalms 34 and 2, we're supposed to meet in the sanctuary. I know I probably sound like a dinosaur. That's all right, but I'm on your coffee table. <laughs> That's, I may sound like a dinosaur, baby, but that's all right. This is God's word. I didn't write it. Amen. So do better. Come back to church all night. Uh, you know, not just Wednesday night. Come back to church every Sunday night. Amen. Put that aside for the Lord and do that. Okay, now if I wasn't doing it, I wouldn't be talking to you about doing it. So I know who's here and who's not here. We, we have responsibility. So, if we're going to be like Caleb, then we have to stand in faith no matter how many negative reports are coming our way. Are you here? All right. Allow me to do this. Give me 10 minutes and I'm through. Numbers 14 and 1. Again. And all the congregation, how much of it? Lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel, how many of them? Murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? Exclamation point. And wherefore had the Lord now, listen, they don't blame Moses, they don't blame Aaron, now they're blaming the Lord. Ain't that something? All the thing they had to do was believe. And wherefore had the Lord brought us unto this land, to fall by the sword. In other words, the Lord done set us up to kill us. He going to keep you 400 years and kill you in one day? 
See, when you're off, you're all the way off. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword. Watch this family thing. That our wives and our children should be your prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another. Now they done, they done jumped on, the, on Moses. They jumped on Aaron. They done jumped on the Lord's case. And now they want to talk to one another. Watch this. And they said one to another. Let us make a captain. And let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Why did they fall on their face before God? Because they said, y'all don't know what y'all just said. And we ain't a part of it. We ain't a part of that. So don't be talking to me in the in of Walmart talking about you going back to church tonight. This, don't bring that up to me. But this is where we're headed with this. In verse 20. Same chapter. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men who have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have put me to the test now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swore to give unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him. Tell your neighbor, Caleb had another spirit with him. See, the spirit of faith is a spirit, and the spirit of fear is a spirit. But because my servant Caleb had another spirit with him and had followed me fully. Watch this. Follow me. How? Followed me fully. So God said, night church, I'm following. If he tell me to give whatever, I'm giving. We have to follow him fully. And the more we do that, the more mature we become. And it, listen, you don't have, no, you, you don't have to ask anybody to step out of your life. If we follow God fully, all the riffraff going to fall off anyway. That's just the way it is. I ain't tell nobody when I got born again, I didn't tell nobody, you can't come to my house and, and drink anymore and, and, and smoke dope anymore. I ain't tell them that. When they came, I hit them with the Bible. And they decided, well, oh, <laughs> I guess we won't be back, won't be back, won't be back no more. I said, that's fine. Because I ain't drinking with you no more. And I'm not smoking dope with you anymore. I'm on a whole new journey. And this is a commitment I made to the Lord. And it's been, over, it's been a very long time. Commitment I made to the Lord was this. Where you lead me, I'm going to follow. What you tell me to preach, I'm going to preach. I'm not putting myself in the middle of it. I ain't changing no messages. Because I didn't call me. And me and my family have been in night church forever. Not forced to come. Happy to come. Now, if you would ask me every Sunday afternoon how my flesh felt. See, I don't even want to talk to you because my flesh does not want to sometime come back to church. But when I get here, automatically, I want to hear the choir. I want to preach. I'm ready now. You can't, listen, your flesh will mess with you as long as church is going on. And if it can hold you down and, and all that, 
Once church over, you're free to uh, move around the country. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, it's a deception. Okay, now. Okay, now watch this. In verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. See, our obedience also determines the level of blessings upon our grandchildren and upon our children. <laughs> okay, we're doing this for them. Okay, notice this. Verse 25. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow, somebody say tomorrow. Now this is the Lord, watch this. Tomorrow, turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Oh my goodness, the Lord sent them back by the Red Sea that he had opened up for them to come through the Red Sea. And he sent them back by the Red Sea to see the reflection of this is where the Lord brought us from. We came out of Egypt, way over there. He parted this place. And now the Lord is carrying them by and adjacent to the Red Sea so they can see where they missed it. And now they have been set for 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And the Lord did not want them to forget where they messed up their own future. And now it cannot be reversed. They're going to have to spend them 40 years. Because they told God, you don't care about my children. You don't care about my, fam- about my family. God said, okay, I'll tell you what. You're going to wander for 40 years. That means everybody from 20 years old and up died in the wilderness. And God made it very convenient. What number saying out there? Take your foot and you got a grave. Verse 26. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and unto Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say unto them as truly as I live saith the Lord, as you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Well, what did they speak into his ears? Would that we had died in Egypt. Would that we had died in the wilderness. God says, I tell you what, what you said, I'm going to do it to you. We don't think God is listening at home. We, we, we don't think that God hears what we're saying. He said, because you said that, I'm going to do it to you. You said you wanted to die in, 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 in Egypt. You ain't going back to Egypt. You said you want to die in this wilderness. I'm going to do it to you. We should not be speaking against God's work. We should not be so in our flesh until we can't give God a full measure. We, 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 we don't want to do that. 2 Corinthians 4.13 is the last offering. Tell your neighbor, we need to do what Caleb did. Caleb believed God. Caleb repeated what was in his heart. And guess what I like about Caleb? Caleb did not let all those unbelievers talking all that noise draw him into their conversation. You got to know who you are in Christ and the commitments that you made to the Lord... Because the Lord says better that you don't vow than that you vow and break it. 
the Lord does not take lightly us lying to him. He's the Lord. But again, it's so sad when your heart turns against God and you don't even know it. That's bad, everybody. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 13. We have in the same spirit of faith, Caleb had another spirit with him, right? We have in the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Now, that's individual faith for all you need for God to do for you and your seed and all that. Your business endeavors, all that. Paul says, we have in the same spirit of faith as a corporate body of believers, according as it is written, I believe, personal pronoun, I believed, past participle, and therefore have I spoken. So what we believe God for, we need to speak it. And what God is telling us to do, we need to speak it. Amen. We should not rise up in rebellion against what God told us to do. Because the blessings of the Lord will make it rich. So he says, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Now that's individual. Watch this corporate um, confession. We also believe and therefore speak. That's why it's so very important that this church understand that when we speak in faith out there into the environment, ain't no room left in here and all that. That ain't just somebody talking and I'm not sorrowful about anything. I'm just calling what ain't is. And I wouldn't be worth my salt as a leader if I was saying some of the stuff that some people are saying out there. No, 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 no. I've never said one negative word about Greenwood Acres after all these years. Been here 37. What I believe in my personal life and what I trust God for, he has done it. He's done it. I've tasted the fruit of that land. I've tasted it. I'm debt free. I tasted it. I, I, I made up my mind when I fought, start following Christ, I'm going to believe you. Because all these lying rascals I've been hanging out with all these years, I can't believe them. So I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to get in your word and I want you to teach me. That's why I'm never confused in this Bible. Because my heart is right toward God. I'm not perfect, but my heart is right toward God. And I want all that he has for me. I want all that he has for this congregation. It doesn't make sense that people will leave a good place, wherever that good place is, and out there now wandering in the wilderness and should have been in Canaan. Mm-mm. Don't follow multitude to do evil. Now the Lord has blessed some of y'all in such a tremendous way. It would take you more than an hour to stand up here and talk about all his blessings. Amen. And that's the way it ought to be. We ought to have a testimony of where the Lord has brought us from. A testimony as to who God is to us. A testimony as to what our commitment is to Christ. And when people find that in you, they don't come to you with mess. People know who's real. Just make sure you're one of the real ones. But don't be with your heart against God and everybody knows it but you. That's a bad place to be. I want him to correct me. I want him to lead me. I want him to guide me. I want him to, you know, his love to continually be my portion. I want to keep my heart right toward everybody, friends and enemies alike. 
I, I really carried his Bible in my heart with me everywhere I go. And I strive to treat people the way that I want to be treated. It doesn't always come back to me that way. But God is famous for raising up some folk that will come and tell you how much they love you and appreciate you. And a lot of that won't come from the people you spend a lot of time with. Amen. It's just the way it is, everybody. Amen. So get your heart back in the place with God and continue to make these sacrifices. And you'll find out the more sacrifices you make with a free heart, that's why God had a, a free will offering. It has to come from your heart. And if you do that, then God will put you back from the place that you've fallen because some of y'all have fallen away. And you need to get back because God got bigger and better things for you. God has a hope and a future for you. But you're going to have to work with him in order for those things to be realized in your life. Well, that's my portion of the honey barn this evening. I, I, I trust that the word has been a blessing to you and that you will do by God what God does by There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come the Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. The trouble all over the world. I'm telling every man, woman, boy, and girl is coming soon. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you say those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded. In the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Now I 
Oh, 